Welcome to Done With Debauchery, a podcast hosted by Keisha and Denise, two friends who share intimate conversations about alcohol and drug use, struggling with sobriety, and our personal paths to wellness. Hi, it's Denise and Keisha here. It is February of 2022, and we are recording our first episode of the Done With Debauchery (laughs) podcast. We're so excited to be here with you today, and we're just going to talk a little bit about who we are, um, talk a little bit about our current relationship to drugs and alcohol, and why we're starting this podcast, and what we hope uh, to share with others, and what we hope people will get from that experience. So let's jump into it. So Keisha and I are two friends. Uh, We live in downtown Toronto, a very urban environment for those of you who aren't familiar. We met, I think... 10 years ago? It's been 10 years for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 10 years ago, um, selling real estate, and we have been friends ever since. Yeah. Um, Just to give you a little bit of personal information about me, I would consider myself a Toronto native. I have lived here since 2000. I just turned 40 this year. Oh my God, it makes me (laughs) feel so old (laughs) saying and admitting that. Um, So I do consider myself a Toronto native. Also a wellness junkie. I think I've always really been into health and wellness. I am also a foodie, a realtor, a breathwork enthusiast, and former party girl. (laughs) Uh, Keisha, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Thank you. So I moved here in 2009, so I've been in Toronto for about 12 years. Uh, I fell in love with the city when I was here from Winnipeg, where I'm originally from. (laughs) Slightly warmer. (laughs) I I literally came for three months and never went back, which is no surprise. Over the last few years, I've really also taken a a pretty big interest in my personal wellness and self-development. That comes in a lot of different forms, um, including a career transition, questioning my relationship to drugs and alcohol, which is part of the reason why we're here today, (laughs) and starting kind of a a fitness journey, getting a spin bike like everyone else during the pandemic, as well as a rescue dog. But yeah, I really do um, identify with the Toronto urban lifestyle. So as Denise mentioned, we've been friends and in the same work industry for 10 years, Uh, I would say over the last five years, our relationship has really changed and we've gotten a lot closer. Um, Agreed. Yeah, definitely. I would say over like the last five years for sure. Uh, At the beginning, we were working for the same company, not really close. And I think that we were both going kind of through our own (laughs) journeys with drugs and alcohol independently. And when we became close, we found... I don't want to say a common ground because there's so much like more. Like attracts like. <laughs> truly. <laughs> truly. But we did like find something that we were both, I think, secretly struggling with and questioning at the time. Not a lot of people knew about my usage or your usage. So when we kind of like clicked, it brought us together and it was in kind of a dark way the foundation for our friendship. And I know that over the last... Probably, I would say, well, I've been questioning my relationship (laughs) with drugs and alcohol for as long as I can remember, but we really started doing it together over the last couple years. Before the pandemic started, I think we've kind of been going down this road together of, of being 
sober curious questioning sobriety is moderation something that is ever attainable and that's kind of what brought us here today uh with done with debauchery (laughs) we've been talking about doing a podcast just to share our journey and kind of relate to others i would say to let them know that it is happening everywhere like people that you would never think you have like a seemingly, I don't want to say perfect life, but that have it all, great jobs, living downtown, are happy, have close circles of friends, still are struggling in ways that you wouldn't necessarily know. So we've really sort of tried to become team sobriety together. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the key word there is trying. Trying, yeah. I think sometimes sometimes (laughs) failing, but even those words don't really apply because it's not a linear path. Yeah. A hundred percent, at least for us. But I think that we both are in a place now where we've been on both sides of it. We've both been sober. We've both been not sober. And I think that we've decided collectively that we just like who we are and our lives better without drugs and alcohol. It gives us the, the ability to do so much more, which is why we're doing this podcast and I think it also adds a, a layer of accountability for us. Mm, I fully, fully agree that there is that layer of accountability when you're when you're sharing your experiences. And yeah, thanks for giving that introduction. And I think what you really touched on was just that even though party culture is so normalized, mm-hmm. I think in a lot of professional settings, and especially those that seem to attract, you know, large commissions or, or you know, high income brackets um, and kind of have that wolf of, of Wall Street type vibe <laughs> or, or going very quickly. Um, there tends to be that, that party environment that, you know, nobody really speaks of or advertises that very much goes on in the background. And I think it's kind yeah. of like the background, backbone of some of those those industries. And it is very easy to... I think, get sucked in and allow that part of the lifestyle to kind of just like dominate and become the norm. And when you start to surround yourself with people that are um, living that lifestyle, it almost feels normal and becomes normalized. And you feel like the odd one out for questioning. For questioning it and wanting something different. Yes, 100%. And I think that's what's so confusing about figuring out sobriety, moderation, and what is personally okay for you is that so many people have opinions and labels have stigmas and you know who creates those definitions and yeah. who decides and i think really what is one of you know the aspects that i'd really like to pull into this podcast is just that you get to decide um yeah. you know what substances are okay for you and you know what your personal path to sobriety or moderation or wellness looks like Um, And we definitely don't have all of the answers. (laughs) And I think we are very much still uh, figuring things out for ourselves. And I think that's really what we want to share is that it doesn't, it's not a linear path all the time and change takes time. And sober doesn't mean the same thing for everyone. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And like, we'll definitely get into that on other episodes. And I think our definition of what that means has changed and I think we're continuing to question it and allow yeah. it to evolve um, as you know we continue further down the path but I know for me um, you know my substance use I think was an issue when I look back right from the beginning from from the moment 
that I was 13 in a park at a bush party. I don't even oh know if my that's normal. God. <laughs> <laughs> language. Chugging peach snaps until I literally fell over and yeah. threw up. Um, I think my mom might have even had to pick me up out of the ditch. My mom picked me up from my first drunken experience <laughs> in, like, junior high, too. But I was never having one drink. Like, yeah. even from that first moment. I, yeah. I, I, like, literally, from the first drink, I was I was going to um, change my state right into a blackout. Yeah. I actually, um, in one of the books, we, we like, co-read <laughs> one of our sobriety books. I forget who wrote this one, but there actually was a quote where she was talking about her first drinking experience. And it wasn't just having a beer casually. It was actually going and getting blackout drunk. And she said that was more of a blueprint for her drinking future. And, like, that's how I feel, too. I think the book was maybe blackout. Was it? Yeah. I think it it might have been. And it's so interesting. But, you know, it's like, is is that something fundamentally in you that's, like, a red flag that should have been raised right from the get-go? Or is that very much us being a product of our culture? Because I also think, you know, here in North America... Like, as teenagers, like, it is that blackout drinking culture. Yeah. Like, that drink until you fall over and throw up, and it's, like, celebrated and normalized. Yeah. So, um, you know, who's to say? Is it me, or is it the culture? I mean, it's probably a combination a combination of both. Yeah. Nature and nurture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, c- currently, um, my relationship to drugs and alcohol is to abstain Um, you know, I, to be really frank and honest though, um, after a period of, um, mostly abstaining from, from drugs or my version of what sobriety is, but fully abstaining from alcohol for a number of days, um, Mm -hmm. there was also a number of months of what some people would call relapse or just like, you know, drinking, whether those drinks were social or sometimes leading to a binge. Um, so currently right now. Um, you know, I am abstaining from drugs and alcohol fully, um, as Keisha, Keisha was mentioning before, um, you know, I do just feel clearer and, um, don't feel able to moderate. So, um, you know, abstinence is kind of the path that I feel like is most appropriate for me right now. And it's not that every time I drink something horrifically goes wrong, is that a word? Horrifically? (laughs) (laughs) Or goes horrifically wrong. But every time something does go horrifically wrong, alcohol was involved. So, you know, and I think it's also important to say that, like, when you say, like, horrifically wrong, like, it's not the traditional sense of, like, a rock bottom. Mm. Like, it's not a DUI. You're, like, nobody is being, like, physically harmed in any way. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, it's not like you can't pay your mortgage. It's, like, it's an emotional rock bottom, I think that we are both, like, continuously, like, kind of hitting. But, yeah, as Nate was saying, I, too, right now, um, am attempting to fully abstain from alcohol <laughs> and drugs. Um, I do enjoy a weed edible <laughs> every All now and me. again. <laughs> which, to us, <laughs> which to us is okay. It's, it's legal. legal it's legal in Canada. <laughs> it only leads to too much eating. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're currently um, very invested in a chocolate tahini spread <laughs> that is locally made. So if that's we'll the worst, if that, yeah, we'll link it in the show notes. But if that's the worst that we are getting up to um, on our weed gummies, I think it's it's not too bad. Yeah, fully fully agreed on all of those things. It's um, it's like you know, what is the cost of of the behaviors that you're doing, and yeah. and 
it, you know, is it manageable? So, you know, as Keisha was saying, it's like, yeah, it's a bit, it's manageable if you, you know, eat a little bit too much pizza with garlic dipping sauce or too much tahini butter. Like, shout out to Blondies! <laughs> <laughs> also linked in the show notes. Um, you know, versus you know, drinking two bottles of wine and falling face down into a huge plate of cocaine and who knows some ketamine that some random stranger has offered you. Um, you know, the, the repercussions of that for the next few days are, are, are a lot Significant. More yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think, really generally speaking, I think what I'm really hoping that um, we are able to share and support people is just kind of normalizing, questioning your use, whether it's just with alcohol or it's with substances, um, you know, whether it's cocaine or, or weed, mm-hmm. because I think anything can kind of be applied. And just because, you know, we're comfortable doing the occasional weed gummy here, it doesn't mean that, you know, you shouldn't question uh, or, or you know, shouldn't feel a certain way about your relationship with that with that substance. And I think one thing and, and one reason why I think we've gotten so close over the past, you know, few years is that you do feel really alone uh, on yeah. your journey of this exploration because there's so many people that A, don't, that maybe don't struggle with it, but B, also don't want to look at their relationship with these yeah. things. And it can feel very isolating uh, when you're the only person that is feeling that way the day after you drank or... Um, are the only person at a birthday party or a wedding. And it can feel really shameful. And I know for me, that's something that I struggle with is like that next day shame and embarrassment. So I think that through the podcast, like I would really want to bring attention to that feeling. And like, it shouldn't be something that you're like shamed into keeping it in. Yeah, like you mean when you're drunk and then like you act totally out of alignment or your character. Definitely, or even just the next day, like when you set an intention like to not drink alcohol and then you wake up saying like, fuck, why can't I just stick to this? What is wrong with me? Yes. That shame. Yes, I fully agree. I think sometimes the expectations we have of ourselves are are very, very high and we're a lot more compassionate and understanding with others. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes that even from other lenses, though, that I think they feel like you should just be making a decision to not drink and then be able to follow yeah. through. Or just have one. Yeah. And and then it's like, have you ever done that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like a lot of my friends project that shit mm-hmm. onto me. I love you, all of you guys. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Like, if they're not having the same struggles, it, it's not really relatable. And they can't understand. A hundred percent. And I think that brings me to like the final thing I really hope that people get from us sharing a little bit is just that other people's opinions and reactions to however you decide to change uh, your or, you know, question your relationship Mm -hmm. with substances um, is not, doesn't have to be yours and they aren't necessarily truth. And I think sometimes when we're looking to change things about ourselves, um, that People project their own beliefs and feelings yeah. on onto you, and and they and they aren't truths, and you get to kind of make the rules and um, decide what's right for you and and what's not. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's where we should wrap it up for our introduction episode. We just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share and subscribe while we're trying to grow the pod. See you guys next time. Bye.